does the definition of children, is it, are we struggling with that? All right, y'all come and sit on the front steps right here. These girls are going to stand right here. Y'all going to stand right here. Y'all come sit. Everybody in their Easter outfits, y'all come. They're still coming. Y'all can sit on the floor. Y'all can sit on the front pew. Y'all just come and gather around. The girls have a very interesting message for you. To, but y'all got to be able to see where y'all... Hey, girls, here along, y'all got to move around here. Y'all, y'all can sit on the front pew. Sit on the front pew and look this way. Y'all got to be able to... Yeah, anyhow. Does the term hurting cats mean anything? Hey, but you, hey, you kids, y'all are on display. Y'all are up here to look at the girls. All right. Turn around so you can look. Is it on? It's on. Okay. Talking to the microphone. Talk Hi, guys. I'm going to tell you all about one of my favorite books, and that is The Wordless Book. This book has no words or no pictures. It only has colors. So I'm going to start from the back because it's kind of a lot easier to do that. So this yellow page stands for heaven. Now, everything in heaven is going to be gold, and it's going to be perfect. John 3.16 says... For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God also said that he was going to prepare a place for us in heaven. But we can't get to heaven because we have sin in our lives. Sin is anything you think, say, do, or don't do that displeases God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but... The free gift of God is eternal life. This red page stands for the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, which is why we have Easter. Jesus shed his own blood on the cross for our sins, not his sins, because he had no sins, but for our sins. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4 says, Jesus died on the cross according to the scripture, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. This white page stands for forgiveness. Once you decide that you want to become a Christian, you can ask in forgiveness of God, and he will clean you. So it's just like ABC. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And C, confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and that you will go and spread the gospel. So once you decide that you want to be a Christian and you want to be a part of Jesus' family, that's what green stands for. Green stands to grow in the grace and knowledge of, the, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why it's my favorite book. Wow. Awesome job. Awesome job. You kids may return to your seats now. Thank you. Before we watch our video... This morning, I want to read from John chapter 20. And this is the story of our person we are looking at who encounters Jesus this morning. And it says in John 20, verse 1 Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. 
And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him, went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. Peter, stop! We'll get the guys to help with the search and then we'll divide up, all right? We'll have Andrew take the north, Bartholomew will take the bottom. Peter, stop! Look, I'm just as confused about this as you are. Someone stole them. That's the only logical explanation, John. Wait, 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 okay? Look, what we witnessed today. The guards, they took him. We have to move swiftly. We have to rebury the body properly. Peter, stop! Okay. We need to go tell the others. Tell them what? What we saw. We saw nothing. Exactly. John, do you not understand that they are trying to stop us? That's why Jesus kept waking us up to pray. That's why they got to Judas. That's why. That's why they arrested Jesus. Just the other day, I was looking at him. I was looking him in the eye and I I told him that I loved him and that I would follow him to the ends of the earth. was supposed to be our king. He is the king. When we were in the tomb, I remember something Jesus said. The linens were just lying there. They, they, they were just lying there. No, no. Think bigger. Look, all of this, all of it was supposed to be preparing us for this moment, for that empty tomb. We just couldn't see it. Couldn't see what? Okay. When Mary came back and said that the tomb was empty and that the angel of the Lord was there, that's when it started to come back. John, enough. We can reminisce about this later. Jesus is missing. We have to go find him. He's not missing. That's the point. Look, he was trying to tell us about this. Jesus was preparing us for this. He's risen. Peter, he's a different kind of king, and he always was. Peter, you remember that night Jesus asked us who we thought he was? When he called me Satan? Yeah. Yeah, I called him... Lord of all, Peter. We just didn't understand. But he's gone. No, he's risen. He did it. 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 Peter, he's risen. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. He did it. Do you hear that world? He's risen. He's risen! The resurrection of Jesus was uh, the turning point 
in the apostle's life. It was that pivotal point that really changed everything. It, is, it was the game changer. Uh, when the apostles were confronted with the reality of the resurrection, then they were changed by its implications. There was no more visible uh, example of change than Simon Peter. He is what I would call this morning the poster child for the life that has been changed by Jesus. The Scripture gives us a before picture. The Scripture gives us a after picture. A before and after. And the pivotal point in the story for all the apostles, but as we will look at this morning, for Peter, was the resurrection of Jesus. And if there was going to be one little verse on his poster, if he was the poster child, I don't even know that poster child is a politically correct word anymore, but anyhow, if there was a verse of Scripture that uh, summed it all up for Peter, for the life that had been changed, it would be in Acts 4.13. And I want to I read. I'm, I'm not going to be long this morning. We've had a lot of content this morning already. Amen. And if you say a lot of amens during the sermon, no, you better not do that. It might just incite me. In, in the book of Acts, after the Spirit has come, the other side of the resurrection, and Peter is changed. Uh, Acts 3, he, he and John heal a lame man. They're brought before the Sanhedrin. And this is what Peter says. Let me read this, but it's verse 13 that I, I want you to focus on. But it says in verse 8, Acts 4, 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which the builders reje was rejected by the, you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Here's verse 13. This is on Peter's poster <laughs> of the changed life. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And then in verse 14 it says, And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. The scripture paints this picture of Peter's life before the pivotal point of the resurrection. Peter was a fisherman, a strong personality, a natural leader. In fact, he was the disciple that was closest to Jesus. He spent three years with Jesus. He saw the miracles, the teaching. But Peter was full of himself. He was trying to get to God in his own strength and in his own understanding. 
And so all the stories that you see in the Gospels where Peter plays an integral part, he's kind of out there, but he always blows it. One day Jesus had sent the disciples across the, the Sea of Galilee, and that night Jesus came walking on the water. You remember this story? Peter says, it's the Lord walking. He said, Lord, if it's you, call me out there. And Jesus said, come. What does Peter do? Only one of the disciples. They got out of the boat. He's a strong personality guy. He gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water. Only two people in history that I know of. He was one of them. But what happens? He takes his eyes off of Jesus and he begins to sink. And he has to cry out, Jesus, save me. And Jesus reaches down and picks him up and puts him in the boat. Yeah, he walked on water. But it seemed like he blew it because he took his eyes off of Jesus. He's the one on the road to Caesarea Philippi when Jesus says, Who do men say that I am? And they, they gave several answers. And he said, Who do you say that I am? Peter was the one that said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Boy, that was great. Peter passed the exam. The Scripture says that after that, Jesus began to say, and it was read this morning, I believe Kennedy read it, that uh, we're going to Jerusalem. And the religious leaders are going to arrest me and condemn me to death, and they're going to put me to death. But on the third day, I will rise again. You know that scripture, it says that at that point, Peter, who had just said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, it says that, G that Peter, took Peter, G Peter took Jesus aside. And you know what the scripture says? It says he began to rebuke him. Anytime you're rebuking Jesus, you're probably in trouble. He's the one who confesses him. And then right after that, in fact, it was alluded to in the video, he calls him Satan. Get behind me. It's Peter and John and James that get to go up on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured before them. Luke's gospel says that actually they were asleep, probably were supposed to be praying. They fell asleep. When Peter wakes from his sleep and he sees Jesus in all of his glory and, and Moses and Elijah there, he begins to babble about why don't we build three tabernacles so each one of y'all could stay in this. And Luke's account says he was just saying this because he didn't know what else to say. And all of a sudden, God takes Elijah and Moses out of the way and the voice comes and says, this is my son, hear him. Oh, Peter, babbling about building tabernacles up on the mountain. Brother, we're not staying here. We're just passing through. When they got to the upper room and Jesus began to wash their feet, Peter said, oh, no, 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 not me. Then Jesus says, remember? Jesus said, but if I don't wash your feet, you have nothing to do with me. Oh, well, Lord, give me a full bath then. Boy, you just, mm, you just doubling down with you know what. It's like he who has been bathed does not need to be bathed. He just needs to have his feet washed, Peter. Seemed like the problem was Peter was so full of himself, he was trying in his own strength and wisdom to pursue God, but he always messed up. Jesus takes the disciples into the garden, the eleven, and then he takes the inner circle of Peter, James, and John in a little further, and he says, pray with me. What do they do? They fall asleep. Jesus comes back a second time. They're still asleep. Then when the soldiers come, they're wakened. I'm not sure whose account. I think it's John's account. Somebody grabs a sword. Mm, you get three guesses in the first two don't count. No, it's Peter. No, he's the one that finds a sword and whoosh, swipes at the high priest Malchus's ear and cuts it off and Jesus has to heal it. Jesus basically says in the Hebrew and the Greek, put away your sword, 
you know, something like that. Uh, Peter, no. Peter's one, he has the courage to go to the trial. And he's hanging around outside. Jesus has already prophesied that he's going to deny him. And there in that courtyard, three times when people ask him, are you one of his father's followers? He denies it. He denies it. He denies it. After he had sat hours before in the upper room and said, Lord, I don't care what anybody else does. I will follow you to the death. The before picture of Peter was someone who was full of himself, trying in his own strength and understanding to follow after God. But that's just religion. The turning point for Peter was that first Easter Sunday. When, as we saw in the video, he was confronted by the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. And from that day on, Peter was changed by its implications. This is what the Scripture paints as the after picture. After that pivotal moment, the, the game changer of the resurrection of Jesus, and then as the ascended Lord sends the Spirit. So we read earlier, it's Peter that runs with John to the tomb. And he sees the empty tomb and the cloths that are lying there. It's Peter that's a part of the two groups of the disciples that see Jesus that first Sunday and that second Sunday. It's later in Galilee that when Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee and they're fishing and they get this great catch of fish that Jesus has told them, throw the net on the right side, that Peter's the one that says, no, it's the Lord. Peter's the one. Guess who jumps in the water and swims to shore? Peter. It's the Lord. And so you have this whole story in John chapter 21 of Jesus' encounter, personal appearance with Peter. It's on the day of Pentecost when the crowds gathered, when the Spirit came, that it was, it was Peter who preached that day. He said on the day of Pentecost, this Jesus has raised up of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear, for David did not descend into the heavens, ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstools. And then this is what he says on the day of Pentecost. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Days after that in Acts 3, when they heal the lame man and the, the crowd gathers because of all the commotion and somebody needs to speak, Peter's the one who speaks. And he says, he says to the crowd, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. And His name, through faith in His name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. The religious leaders arrest him. They brought him before him. And that's where our scripture was in Acts 4. They've brought him in. This blows me away when you get it. The Sanhedrin was the group of the Jewish leaders that condemned Jesus days before to be crucified. And he's, it's that group that Peter stands before. And he says, as we read in Acts 4.10, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, 
whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. And then that verse of Scripture, the poster with Peter's before and after picture, the poster, child of the life that has been changed, <laughs> with the inscription at the bottom that says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus for the next 30 years Peter is a faithful witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ he, he lives under the submission and in line with the reigning risen Lord Jesus Eventually, it cost Peter his life 30 years after these events in the ancient city of Rome during the time of persecution of Nero. Peter was tried and convicted of being a Christian, a follower of Christ. Was condemned to be crucified. Peter said, I don't want to be crucified right side up because that's what happened to my Lord history records that Peter was crucified upside down and he gave his life for a truth by its implications that changed everything this Easter season My goal is to confront you with the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ with the prayer that you would be changed by its implications. When you read the Bible, those who were confronted by the reality of the resurrection, which they were done from day one because the apostles began to preach that. There was only three responses that I can think of. And it's true actually for our day. You can either dismiss it, somehow try to explain it away. But let, let, me, let me pause right there. For us to dismiss the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's several things we have to get past. You have to be able to explain away the empty tomb, the appearances by the risen Lord, which happened on numerous multi-groups, multi-kind of groups, different kind of groups, different locations on different days in different ways. And you must be able to explain away the explosion immediately of people following Jesus because of this one reality, the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I'm just telling you, to dismiss it today, you need to be able to explain the empty tomb, the appearances of Jesus, and why it was that Christianity, based on this one fact, they weren't changed by the cross, they were changed by the resurrection, they immediately began to preach it to those who had put Jesus to death and had buried him. And all they had to do was produce the body, but they couldn't. Peter's life was a life that was changed 
and countless others. And you have to be able to explain away the explosion of followers of Jesus. Some will dismiss it. Some will oppose it. And we see that particularly in the early, the first century and in the New Testament. Some, though thirdly, will believe it. And their lives will be changed forever. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what Paul wrote. He's also a life that was changed. You see, through the power of the resurrection, by believing in that, we can be changed by the power of the resurrection. If Jesus can do that, then Jesus can do anything in your life, regardless of what your circumstances are today. Religion won't change your life, but an encounter with the risen Lord will. Confronted by the reality, changed by the implications. If Jesus is the risen, exalted Lord who reigns, it changes everything. What does that imply? What are the implications of that? If He is the reigning Lord, here it is. We must do what Peter did. We must surrender to His authority. And we must line up our lives with His will. That's what Peter did, and it changed his life. And the gospel message today is that it will also change your life if you surrender to his authority as the reigning Lord and line up your life with his will. He has the power to change your life. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Byron and I are going to be at the front Brother Shane's going to come and lead us in an invitation hymn. Um, it's Easter Sunday morning. You've been confronted by the reality of the risen Lord. My question is, will you be changed by the implications? Will you surrender your life to His authority and line up your life with His will? If you're willing to take that step in your life today, I'm going to be on this side, Byron will be on that side, you come.